Voice of OJ. I'm Josh. I got it right this time. That's Owen. <laughs> um, yeah, you did get that wrong last time. That's right. How do you get your own name wrong, Josh? I don't know. I just get in this mode where I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Let's get into it. And sometimes my brain is behind my mouth, which has gotten me in trouble before. But mm, I can that that I feel like that gets a lot of people in trouble sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta <laughs> take your time. Make sure you're watching. Luckily, you only got your name wrong. You True. know, it could have been a lot worse. I could have like released so. my social. Like I could have done. I could have done. Like, some what's games. up, guys? It's 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 a uh, one two three four six seven. It's <laughs> 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 like my inmate number. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, welcome into Dose of OJ. We have fun here. Uh, on this episode, we have an interview with Amber Vickers, part of the Unwrapped Sports Network, a female in the sports industry she uh this was a really great interview so stay tuned for that it'll come toward the end we also have trivia today which i you're gonna get this one i, I really i i think it's gonna be seven to three after this uh um, oh, lord and he's, we also he's have, already doubting himself and it's the no, beginning I, of the episode yeah no I, I i definitely am we also have some uh some interesting stories to get into but of course we have to start with a non-sports related discussion and that is today favorite candy yeah, favorite candy. I'm excited about this topic. First and foremost, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, so happy Father's Day to anybody out there listening. Uh, if you're a father, if you're a grandfather, uh, we appreciate you. Fathers are the unspoken heroes of this world. And I would so, also like to say while we're on that topic, uh, ladies out there, it is not funny to uh, text text the, the male species and say happy Father's Day when they're not a father. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. I mean, it's probably funny to them. It's not funny. So let me, okay, quick sidebar. One of my ex-girlfriends posted, we, we came up, came to the house for Father's Day. It, it was like a, we were having a cookout, whatever, swimming. And she's like, hey, let's take a picture. So she takes a picture. She posts it on Instagram. And the caption is, happy Father's Day, daddy. And I'm like, first of all, that's gross. Don't, don't do that. Uh, but her mom saw it. And I get a text message. And it says, so do you guys have something to tell me? And I'm like, mm, nope. Why? She sends me the screenshot, and I'm like, uh, you can delete that now. Thanks. Appreciate that. Not funny. Yeah, that's yeah, not, not funny. Uh, again, probably funny to and her. We and for definitely like six weeks. <laughs> oh like, okay. yeah, see, that's that's no good. <laughs> happy, happy Father's Day. First yeah. of all, you gotta slow the brakes, yeah. Josh. Yeah. You gotta slow the brakes. <laughs> you gotta slow the brakes. Favorite candy? Do you do you have a bona fide number one? Oh, it's Twix. Twix is it's your Twix favorite candy. Down. It's Twix okay. hands down, and I'll tell you why. Because they're good. Left or right Twix? Huh? Left or right Twix? Ooh. Well, I'm <laughs> right-handed, preference. so usually it's usually it's usually right-handed. Yeah, it's usually right Twix. Um, right Twix. But the, the, here's why Twix is my favorite candy. Because you, they're good at room temperature, but I also love throwing them in the freezer. I've never thrown a Twix in the freezer. That might be something I have to try. But Twix is like so far down the list. I probably wouldn't have what? even thought about it unless you brought it up. I, I have never once been inside of a store and been like, damn, I really want a Twix oh, today. You're gonna never say in you're my gonna life. You're going to something bland like Snickers, aren't you? No, I'm actually not big on chocolate, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I feel like that's sacrilegious to say in most parts of this country. But chocolate, I don't know. It's I I can eat a Snickers. I, I don't mind a Snickers every now and then. I get them very rarely, 
Um, I like Reese's. I, I like their Reese's chocolate because, you know, the peanut butter. But I think my favorite – okay, are we talking candy bar or candy, no, candy in general? In general. Ooh, if we're talking candy in general, it's got to be Sour Patch Kids. Ooh. That's number one. That's, That's number one. one. That's, That's number one. one. Um, number two, probably Payday. Have you ever had a Payday? I've had a Payday. They're great. Payday is Payday is a uh, very, very close second. I get Paydays a lot. I'll just go to QT. Maybe I'm just getting a drink, and, you know, it's, it's quick and easy. I just get one of them Paydays, a sweet, salty uh, – I'm not I'm – not, you know what, the you know the sweet salty nuts, uh, just all over the candy bar. You know, it's just it's it's the best. No, they're great. You can't beat a payday. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking candy bars, that's my favorite. But if we're just talking candy in general, they're number two. Okay, so what's your number three then? Oh, um, number three. What's your number two? Because like I won't have to think about it for a second. So <clears throat> my number two is probably um. I'm going to get these wrong. Like, I'm going to get the name of them wrong, but the, uh, damn it. I have them upstairs and I don't know what they're called. The, no, you know what? I'm going to go Starburst. That's a good one. See, here's my gripe with Starburst though. You got to open I, the package and then you got to open the little thing. It gets annoying. It's so extra for yeah, Starburst. Now, I've gotten packs of Starburst where it's unwrapped. You know, they're the the big the big bags. It's just unwrapped Starburst. Now those are fire, but in that situation, I only have like three Starbursts that I actually enjoy to eat. What? It's the the pink one, the red one, right? and the orange one. The, the pink one and red one oh, are very close. The yellow close. one is so underrated. How do you? The not... yellow one is awful. The yellow one is under. It's lemon, dude. Dude, the yellow one is trash. It's I don't le- care what you trash. say. I, I, will, I, I give the yellow like ones the yellow away. One. I give the yellow ones away when I get Starburst. Away. I expect a fat-ass box of yellow Starburst in the near future. That's going to be your Christmas gift. I'm going to send you a massive <laughs> box down. of yellow Starburst. Oh, I'm Would down. you eat them all? Yeah. Would you eat them all? Because I, if, I, if I spend the money to get you a whole box full of yellow Starburst, Dude, I want to see like update percent. pictures on Twitter. <laughs> Like, okay, uh, day two, this is how many Starbursts I have left. <laughs> and day 17, I'm at the doctor. I have diabetes in two cavities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my third candy, um, I don't know. That is, those are really the only two I ever get. I, I don't know, maybe Sweetest Fish? Sweetest those fish. are good. I just have an those issue with good. them getting stuck in my teeth on a consistent basis. That's, I, I don't even want to say that's my, my number three. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Th- rattle some candies off because I'm not a big candy guy. You know, um, I'd be in a mood for candy. So, I mean, if you're talking like chocolate bars, like Milky Way is good. Of course, like the Snickers is a super basic one. Obviously, the mm-hmm. Twix, which you're hating on. Um, Twix is trash. The this uh, sweet tarts, the uh, the soft sweet tarts, like the chewable uh, ones. The sweet tarts are good. Yep, are that's good. a good one. Those are good. Uh, um, peach rings are very underrated in my opinion. They I've sound had peach like an rings. old person I, candy, but they're great. They're good. Um, what about, what about, uh, uh, candy corn? Oh, candy corn is fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. I have, I have to ask your disgusting. opinion on like, candy corn. Like, actually, I actually kind of like, like candy corn. What? What? I actually kind of like candy corn. Oh, dude. When I was in like second grade, my teacher was like, okay guys, Halloween's coming up. I got a treat for you. And she'd give like, you oh. a big ass box of candy corn, wouldn't she? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm like, and I'm, I'm going to shout her out. I hope she doesn't care. I'm like, Miss Studer, what the fuck is this? 
it's candy corn. I don't give a shit about candy corn. Where's like the not? Where's the now and laters? Candy corn, candy. Also, now and laters are trash. Now and laters were great in in second grade. I'm not gonna say that they're good now, but they were great in second grade. Okay, and you know, candy corn is the the candy that you go buy because they never sell, so they're always cheap, and you go and buy them to torment little kids on Halloween because you don't want to buy them anything else. Honorable mention. What about uh, warheads? Uh, I I like warheads. I don't know that. I don't know that they're anywhere close for me though. They're good, but I I couldn't even tell you the last time I had one. You know, hey, if we're talking favorites. What about laffy taffies? Airhead. I like the the extreme airheads more than yeah. I like the normal airheads. You know, what I'm talking about the sour yeah. the sour ones. Those are pretty damn good. Um, sour straws. Uh, what about what about suckers blow pops? Suckers are great. The gr- green apple blow pops oh are superior. God. Come on, dude. Dude, you have green the worst apple opinions blo- on candy. The green dude, apple. Green apple blow pops. Are you serious? Green it's apple is by one. far the best one. What are no, you talking the about? One is the greatest one that exists. Cherry is good, but green apple. Let oh. me tell you guys. I'm gonna put you on if you've never had a green apple blow pop, bro. Go back. Go buy you a bag of blow pops. Get oh. you the. When I get a bag of blow pops, I'll buy them from Walmart. The little bags are like two dollars. Uh, first off, there's not usually a lot of green ones, and it makes me sad. Uh, they're very scarce, and dude, I'm telling you, it's like instantaneous skills? goodness. I like the sour Skittles better than normal Skittles. I do. I do appreciate sour Skittles. When I was in high school, sour Skittles and Mountain Dew was what I, was what I snacked out when I was playing video games. I'm still trying to th- no, green apple blow pop. That's my third favorite candy right You're there. Out of your damn mind. And I, I don't know. It's it's they're they're pretty uh, superior. I, I can I can get down with some green apple blow pops. You know. All right. Well, before I before I jump through the screen and choke you out, let's move on to some sports topics. I'll I'll, uh, I'll start with these sports topics because I want to start with the Premier League, one of my areas yeah. of expertise. Um, actually, don't call me an expert on the Premier League because I know far less than a whole lot of other people. So don't take me by my word on that. But big weekend in the Premier League. We're recording this on Sunday morning. Liverpool and Everton playing the Merseyside Derby at 2 o'clock today, which I will be watching. It'll be a good game. I think Liverpool's only got a couple of games left to clinch the Premier League title for anyone that knows anything about the Premier League. They've only lost one game this season, and it was to Watford in a horrible loss. There's only been one team ever, and it's a team that's on top of my hat, Arsenal, to go invincible in a Premier League season, zero losses. Uh, Liverpool was on pace for it and choked it against one of the worst teams in the Premier League, which was hilarious because one of my best friends is a Liverpool fan. Didn't, so you after- tell me, didn't you tell me before this game started, I think you were like, oh, yeah, I got to watch the Arsenal game. Didn't you tell me you were like, it's going to be terrible, like we're going to get killed? Um, that was the Arsenal game. That was their first game back a couple days ago. Oh. They played Manchester City, um, and they, they lost. And yeah. and they lost two nothing. They didn't get spanked. Oh. For anybody that watched that game or doesn't know, David Luiz came in. He's a center back, a defender for Arsenal. Came in. I think like it was pretty early in the game. Uh, one of one of our starters, Pablo Mari, got hurt. David Luiz comes in and single handedly lost the game for us. The first goal entirely his fault second goal also entirely his fault he allowed a penalty and then got a red card and got sent off um so first loss back entirely david Luiz's fault and then yesterday morning man saturday morning arsenal played brighton and hove albion uh in brighton 
Um, a game that they definitely should have won. They get up one nothing, and in typical Arsenal fashion, less than five minutes later, uh, Brighton scored. And then Brighton scored in the 95th minute to win the game. The 95th minute, the final hey, minute of the game. Um, I, I'm really stupid when it comes to most things, including Premier League and soccer in general. Uh, my college roommate was, like, super big into FIFA, and – he uh, like he would he wouldn't really like watch soccer, but he would kind of like keep up with like stats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably butchering this name. I want to say he played for Liverpool, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he said his favorite player was always I don't remember his first name. Le- Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski. He plays for uh, Bayern Munich. Ah, uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he had what, he had his Munich. jersey. Yeah, Robert Lewandowski used to play for Dortmund, who is the next team I was going to get to. Dortmund, I believe they defeated RB Leipzig yesterday morning. I only caught a little bit of the game, even though I wanted to watch all of it because I was watching the Arsenal game, which in retrospect, wish I wouldn't have at all. Uh, Dortmund uh, is known for a lot of young talent. For anybody that doesn't know, young American star Christian Pulisic played there, started there. They're the team that gave him his chance overseas from America. Uh, he now plays at Chelsea in the Premier League. But now they have a uh, very, very young, I believe he's 17 years old, Giovanni Reina. Got his first start for Dortmund yesterday, a very young American. Uh, got an assist to Erling Brett Holland early in the game. And Holland, another young, very, very talented striker, said that Giovanni Reina has a very, very bright future ahead of him, which is always great to hear about the young American. So uh, big news out there in Dortmund, him getting his first start at 17 years old in the Bundesliga is not easy to do. So yeah, big news. I love seeing Americans succeed overseas. I, uh, I want to credit the premier league and soccer, uh, the soccer world in general, because anytime you go on Twitter and you look at, and you look to see what's trending in the sports world, it's all soccer. And I know that, you know, they're, they're the ones back, right? They're, they're in full swing. But I've seen people who haven't even cared to, to spell soccer, to tweet about it. They, they're tweeting about it now. Like, they're actually paying mm-hmm. attention to soccer. And uh, I don't necessarily know, like, how, how important it is for soccer to grow here in the United States. Like, like Premier League, I know it's important for the MLS to, to grow, but it's got to be good for soccer fans to be like, yes, finally, we're getting some recognition. We're not getting washed out by the NFL and the MLB and, and, and so on. Like people are actually talking about us. They're actually paying attention. And uh, look, if I had more patience for soccer, I would probably watch it, but I'm just like, I just want, like if, if, if soccer was more fast paced, like if it, like if scores were like nine to eight, I'd probably watch. Listen, I'll tell you this, and because that's the same argument I hear from everybody that doesn't watch soccer, and I get it, I really do, because I started playing soccer uh, my freshman year in high school. I had never played it before. I only started playing because I had played baseball all the way growing up. Didn't really want to play in high school. It wasn't that good, so I just started to pick something else up. I ended up loving soccer, and I hated it, like absolutely hated it beforehand. But Everybody says it's slow-paced, but once you actually start, and I'm saying this for everybody that doesn't watch soccer that may listen to this podcast, if you give it a chance, pick a team, stick to them, especially in the Premier League, it's one of the most competitive leagues in the world, period. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the top top ten teams are, uh, for the most part, I'd say top six, actually, are, are almost always near the top. Like Arsenal right now, they're in ninth. So, I think actually tenth now after I lost to Brighton yesterday, if not – some will correct me, but uh, 
um, for the most part, the big teams are usually towards the top of the table, but it's always competitive. It always has been. I love the Premier League and soccer in general. Um, it, it's really something that you kind of have to take the time to sink your teeth into to really be able to appreciate it, which for most people, especially in the United States, I, I get why they haven't because it's just not that big a deal here. The MLS is growing a lot faster than a lot of people realize. It's really not that old of a league. I want to say it was started in 99, I think, maybe. Uh, it hasn't been that long, especially if you think about how long some of these other American sports leagues have been around. So pick a team, guys. I Give it a chance. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. I don't want to cut you off. I, I, I do that a lot. But um, I think what really screws me up is, like, I, 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 on a surface level, I understand the rules of soccer. But what really gets me – like, I compare it to hockey, right? I'm, I'm a huge hockey fan. And, like, when there's an offsides, you can tell because there's a blue line. But in mm-hmm. soccer, if there's an offsides, you're like, how the hell was he offsides? I will, <laughs> no, I, will explain, I, I will explain it to you in the simplest of terms I know how because it's the same for me. Like, when I've tried to watch hockey, I've compared it to soccer. And, like, offsides, it's same premise, but it's a little bit different. So think about the blue line as the back line and soccer right if so say you make a pass if you there's no real line that's what gets me it's it's the last person that is back right if you are past the furthest person back and you receive the ball then then you're offsides you have to be even with the last defender back or with the line if if they're aligned correctly like they they typically are um then, then it's not a size. But if even if you're a nose or a foot over that last defender, it's offsides. It's it's not as complicated as people think. And, and that's I've had friends that have gotten into soccer as they've gotten into college, thanks to me. And I take all credit. And you guys know who you are if you're listening. Um, but I, I'm telling you guys, just give it a chance. And I don't want to stay on soccer too long because I know a lot of people don't care about it. But soccer is back, and it's nice to be able to watch a ball moving across green grass. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's all I care about right now, honestly. I can't gamble on it, which is okay. But uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that soccer is back nonetheless. Let's talk about some more depressing things with the MLB and the <laughs> <Cool>. NBA. Uh, <laughs> we love talking about depressing things here because it seems that that's all we ever have to talk about. Um, but the MLB and the NBA are both having rising concerns about coming back after the spikes in these coronavirus cases. I think ever since uh, – you know, the Black Lives Matter movement started. It, it took a – and you'll you'll hear it in our interview with Amber at the end of the episode. We touched on it a little bit. Um, that I think once all that stuff started happening, a lot of people just kind of forgot about coronavirus. Um, you know, it, it's spiking worse right now than it was when, when all this started. Florida, I believe, on Saturday had uh, another uh, daily high of new cases. It was like 9,000-something crazy like that it's growing every day florida's becoming one of the hot spots and florida in particular is where the mo or the nba excuse me has set their bubble to come back in orlando and even though it's a bubble it's it's still a big concern well um the the reason the nba wanted to go back to wanted to do it in, in orlando is because florida at the time when they started those plans were were the most lenient in sports coming back like yeah, UFC absolutely. Did it there, and that's what started it. But I think. But what's I also crazy, think that's well. That's been Florida's downfall from the whole thing of this. Is ever since all this has started, they've been too lenient, and that's why they've become one of the hot spots. Is because people are on beaches and and they just well, don't really care about what's 
what's, what's happening right now. So um, I, I think that's a big reason why Florida's a hot spot is I understand that they were lenient and that's why the NBA are probably one of the reasons why they chose them is a lot of other states were going to just say no. Um, but with the, with these cases spiking, it's a big deal. And then the MLBPA uh, is delaying the negotiations with the MLB about coming back over concerns about the coronavirus as well. So we have a lot of things to, to worry about and a lot of, you know, unknown coming forward with the MLB and the NBA for the most part, which we thought were for sure coming back. So, no, I didn't think the MLB was for sure coming back. Um, I think, so I'm, I'm going to be positive in this situation for the MLB because, and I'm not going to stick on this too long because it's, it's honestly, it's annoying to talk about for me, but the MLBPA delaying a, a, a decision on the most recent proposal is probably the right thing for them to do. Because it would make them look really stupid if eight Phillies personnel were got the coronavirus and the the players were like, oh yeah, well that happened, but we're gonna come back. So like they're they're just kind of doing their due diligence, in my opinion. Uh, does it hurt the timeline? Absolutely, because we are at uh, June twenty first today, and they want to come back July nineteenth. So yeah, I mean honestly, at this point, I I don't think baseball's coming back. Like it's just. It's to the point where, like, I, I just don't – I don't care if they come back or not anymore. Um, but with the NBA, I wanted to bring this up because I, I think it's uh, – I think it's a, a really – like, it just it just gives you another reason to say that Adam Silver and the NBA are, are the most innovative. You saw the – I don't know what exactly it's called, but you, call, you, you saw the COVID ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know how accurate that is. But. No, but but like I um I wrote an article about it when I when I talked uh when I talked about it on the podcast on on a stream, and I'm like, look, unless like the material, right? It, it's not something that's going in your body. It's going on your finger, and the only thing that the players really have to worry about is like, okay, am I allergic to the material? No. Okay, great. So I'm gonna wear this and. Even still, even if it doesn't really detect early signs of COVID or, or well, I guess early signs of, of altered uh, respiratory issues or your body temperature going up or whatever, why not take a chance and be like, okay, well, what if this does work? Like, what if this really does detect things earlier than a swab would like, or, or that we can tell? And especially if it doesn't impede your play, or maybe I said this, you know, maybe, maybe they, just they don't, don't wear, wear it while they play. Right. Maybe they just don't wear it when they play and they wear it at all times after, um, but before and after, I just think this is another tip of the cap to the NBA and Adam Silver of being like, look, this is out here. Could it work? Yes. Could it not work? Sure. But we're going to try it anyway. And if it does great, if not, now we know. Yeah, I think, and, and it's spreading across all sports too. LSU and Clemson are another two set of big schools that have had a lot of issues with COVID. LSU has, I believe, 15 players, maybe a little bit more quarantine right now. But from the, the article that I read that ESPN published about what's going on with the situation at LSU, the LSU staff said that they they were prepared for this. You know, They knew that once they came back, this was going to start happening. And they said, you know, even if two players get it, uh, 
that they've been very good about players writing down and keeping up with who they've been in contact with recently, what's going on. So as soon as something happens to one player, they can reach out to everybody and say, have you been anywhere near the sky and in practice outside of practice, whatever the case is. And if so, you know, you need to quarantine yourself. So the training staff said they were prepared that there is no serious kind of illness going on yet. But even if there is, they said they were prepared for that as well. So, uh, I, hopefully it sounds like they're taking the correct precautions. It still kind of scares me because it seems like an unnecessary risk almost right now with the, the spike in cases. Clemson, I believe, has 23 or so players uh, that have been confirmed, I think, having cases in coronavirus or at least having to be quarantined because of others. So it's, it's just it's spreading throughout everywhere in college football and football in general, I think, once it starts to come back full swing, is going to be a hotbed for this kind of stuff, just because of how many players are on each team throughout the country, especially college football. There are so many, you know, D1, D2, D3 kids that are playing with 50, 60 other guys every day at practice. You know, that that's, that's a little bit troublesome. Yeah. And I think too, like, I don't want to discredit the training staff um, because I, I think taking those right precautions, right? Like we need to track every, every single one of these players, see what they're doing, make sure it's documented. That's the that's obviously the most you can do. But I also want to make sure that people understand, like, the, the training staff, like, we still don't know about COVID. I think, like, that needs yeah. to be made clear. Like, we don't know the long-term effects. We know, like, okay, well, this could happen to you. And actually, I can't even say that because COVID has affected people differently. Um, some is really, really severe. Obviously, people have died from this thing, and some people don't have any symptoms at all. So I'm just saying, like, maybe it is really, maybe it is a really, really risky to come back. Like, speaking of and, risky, did you see Dallas Goddard got <sighs> sucker punched in the face in South Dakota? So I want to know the reason behind it, though. I haven't seen a reason unless it's been put on Twitter somewhere. For anybody that doesn't know, Dallas Goddard is tied in for the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, is going into his third season. I think that's correct. He was in South Dakota where he went to college, went to South Dakota State, went to high school in South Dakota. Uh, so I'm assuming he was just back home, but got sucker punched by a random person at a bar called Zoo Bar, which is I really think is the biggest uh, concern in all this, the fact that he went to a bar called the Zoo Bar. There's I mean, a, there's a happen, bar. Man? <clears throat> Um, I might get this wrong. It's one of these two. Uh, there's a bar at University of Indiana called The Zoo. Uh, and if it's not called that, it's The Jungle. I don't know. I drank there once. And yeah, naming was, your bar those kind of things, you're just asking for trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't say I can't say that the bar at Indiana was the greatest. Uh, but I, the name was fitting. Let's just put it that way. The name was very fitting. Shout out Dallas Goddard. He got sucker punched in the face. Apparently is fine, has no no issues, and a employee at the zoo bar declined to comment. So they got their imagine, little, little walk of fame. Declined can you to imagine comment. like being and maybe this guy like wasn't aware at all that, that hit him, right? Maybe he was just like, Oh, there's a dude. I'm gonna I'm I got beer muscles. I'm gonna go hit this guy. But like, can you imagine being in the right state of mind and seeing an NFL football player? Like, I mean, like the, I'm gonna sucker punch this the guy. Size, the size of these dudes. A tight end too. A tight end. And go, hmm. I'm gonna hit this guy. Can you imagine? Like, you better have some wheels on the on you. Like, you hit somebody that size. It's it's ninety percent of the time. It's not your fight. 
It's it's just not. You're gonna lose. So okay, and, and for reference, Dallas Goddard is six five, two hundred and fifty six pounds. That's a big old boy. Big old boy tied in in the NFL. They got sucker punched, and um, we don't know all the details. And I'm assuming if Dallas Goddard would have fought back, it would have been a bigger issue. And I'm assuming the reason he didn't is because he's an NFL player. Didn't so it happen to Miles Garrett. Did it happen to Miles Garrett? I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise I swear, me. I, I swear, like, Miles Garrett was – he was, like, in the car or something. He was in his car at a stoplight or something like that, and somebody was like – Oh, yeah, it was – oh, I, I remember that. It was a gas station. He was, like, pulling into a gas station or something like that, and somebody got out of the car and just hit him in the face. Oh, my Just out of nowhere. It was something – I remember seeing that on Twitter. He posted about it on Twitter, and it was, like, a really random occurrence. They ended up finding that guy through license plates and stuff like that, so – uh, the dude that hit Dallas Goddard got arrested. So if, in fact, Dallas Goddard took the high road, you know, props to him because I know that's probably not hard to do when you're 6'5", 256, and probably could have just sat on the guy. Just crushed um, the dude. <laughs> absolutely. There's probably no chance that that dude, you know. But I think in that situation, the other guy knew. Like, if I hit this guy, what you going to do? You're going to hit me back, lose your job, bring it. Yeah, Come on. That's, that's such a – that's such a – shit move i want to say something else but i'm not going but i can almost guarantee you that's exactly what happened don't you think oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah probably but for dallas goddard i would have been like dude i i hit you once and your face is shattered do you really want to do this <laughs> like come on i i don't yeah. think i don't think you really want to moving on to trivia before we oh, get to our yeah. interview so josh is ready even though he says i'm gonna get the question right so i guess are. we'll see no you, you are i thought this was an interesting question um uh on friday night if people tuned into the streams it it came it came on uh an hour and a half later because i was neck deep in trivia night with the family and uh, we won so i'm expecting a trophy uh in the next couple days here we're treating this like the stanley cup like if we you, if wait we you win, and your family trade a trophy back and forth no, we don't actually trade a trophy okay but like <laughs> like <laughs> post on facebook like look what i did no uh family I, trivia I, night champs I made a joke. I made a joke that uh, we're going to treat it like the Stanley Cup win. So, like, we get a day with the trophy. <laughs> we get to take it around places, have a party. Jesus take Christ. Pictures with it. <laughs> um, you, need to, you need to rent a party bus and stroll around, stroll around Chicago with your small me. trophy. <laughs> and it's just you on the top of the bus. <laughs> I'm throwing out, like, Tootsie Rolls. Like, throwing out tootsie rolls. hire a chauffeur to drive your party bus stand on the top with a bunch of tootsie rolls and green apple blow pops no and toss them to the crowd people are like is that green apple i'm like yeah they're like no no thanks <laughs> Our best. unless it's me i want to be the one guy yeah like, toss hey, those hey, here like, toss okay. them here you want the whole bag uh yes but but then i'm not an athlete so i try and sell them to you i'm like okay 250 no <laughs> 225 you can have the whole thing for two bucks right now cash uh, <laughs> what's the trivia question uh, <laughs> so the trivia question is nba related Ooh. and the uh the question is i know i got this right in trivia just want to say that wait you got this right in trivia i got this right I, that's oh, what i say i think right. you'll get this right yeah so oh thanks i appreciate that so the trivia question is what are the two nba teams that are still playing in their original cities Ooh, um, that's actually tougher than I thought it was going to be in their original cities. Yep. Uh, Miami has to be one. Let's see. Miami. 
Who else? Um, what are, what are other teams? I'm trying to think. It's not Charlotte. Charlotte went to New Orleans. Um, can't be New Orleans. Is it? Is it the Knicks? It's not the Nets because they were in New Jersey. What a crap um, shoot not, that was. It's not it's not the Lakers because they were in Minneapolis. Is it the Celtics? Um mm, th- this is tougher than I thought it would be. <sighs> I, I want to make sure that I like run through every team before I just <laughs> pick two. Yeah. Um Toronto, maybe. No, maybe. I know Miami's one for sure. Miami's got to be one. Uh, I'm going to say Miami and Boston. Final answer? Final answer. Uh, it what is, is it? It is the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. What? Yeah. So the New York Knicks and the okay how how are the Miami Heat not in their original city when they were expanded to Miami when the so, Hornets got expanded in ninety five that's what they've that's been in Miami ever since so that's what I wanted to know but the person running trivia was dead set and like he this guy knows his stuff so if we have a discrepancy we, that's fine but the question that was the question that that he asked and as soon as I heard that question I'm like okay I'm definitely asking that question on on uh, on on Dose of OJ but. I thought Chicago, and then I was like, no, wait. They didn't always play on the west side of Chicago. Um, but, yeah, like. I just don't understand how the Heat aren't one. That, that's, what's, that's what's getting me here. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I, there, so there was no one. This was a pretty large group of trivia members. So I, I, there was no one that actually said Miami. So, uh I, I don't know. I mean, I can look at. I could. We could do some research. I'm doing research right now. You you just hold your horses. Hey, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I won't change the. I won't change the score. I'm just saying that was the answer that I was given in trivia. And I got Let's it right. See, uh, a, chrono, a chronology of the teams in the NBA: the Boston Celtics and New York Knickerbockers are two NBA teams that started and still play in the same NBA city and have the same team name. I just. That bugs me because I know the Heat haven't moved unless they moved from a like a different location in Miami, right, like which is entirely like possible. A suburb, and then they moved to yeah to that American be, Airlines, yeah. which is I I think that's the only possible way that this that the Heat could be wrong. But I I'll, I'll take the L. You 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 need the the leeway anyway. Oh, so you need the leeway anyway. I'm taking the pity L, even though I, I'm almost 100% sure I'm right. I, you heard me say the Knicks. I wanted to say the Knicks, but they've been around for so long. I was like, hey, when did they move to MSG? When, where were they before? Like, yeah. I didn't know that. So yes. I'll, take, I'll take the L, I guess. I thought I was going to get it right. I got too cocky. That's what happens. 6-3 still? 6-3. It's been 6-3 for a minute, actually. I yeah, feel like we, neither one of us have gotten one right in a minute. <laughs> we we yeah. both got to step our game on now. I'm on a cold streak, and you're just still on a cold streak. Yeah, I'm just cold. I'm cold in general. Yeah, you're cold. All right. Well, first off, as always, guys, thank you for listening. We do always appreciate you. I'm Owen Watterson. That is Josh Barlog at Owen underscore Watterson at Josh B. USN and at Dose of OJ Pod. 
now on Twitter and Instagram. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Amber Vickers, member of the Unwrap Sports Network, coming up. And I think that's all we got for today. Josh, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Enjoy the interview. Joseph OJ welcomes on Amber Vickers, part of the Unwrapped Sports Network, an Oklahoma alum. I had to get that out there uh, to start things off. So, Amber, thanks for taking some time, and uh, we're excited to, uh, to have you on today. Thank you guys so much. I've been looking forward to doing this. You guys started the podcast. I listened to it. I retweeted. Of course, everybody supports everyone at Unwrapped, so I'm really happy to be here. So, oh, we appreciate your, your time, Amber. Uh, sorry, Josh, to cut no, you no, off. No, Amber, no, tell – I, I want to make sure we get through this first because this is important. Okay. It's the most important question in the interview. Okay. Pulp or no pulp? Mm. No pulp. Ugh. Okay. See, now we Damn can it, Amber. the interview. We can continue the interview. I knew this was going to be a good one. I knew that Amber was going to be a great guest. We can continue. Oh, and the floor is yours. Okay. First off, I was feeling great after Perry had said uh, pulp had me, had me feeling great about my chances moving forward with these interviews because I'm keeping count. Right, I don't. I don't think we asked Max, but I'm. I'm keeping count. Got a little scoreboard right here. You know, Perry's got a little one, but now Amber's. You know, off on some other side of the list that I don't. I don't really care to appreciate. I'll tell you what. Maybe at the end of all these interviews, it, it, January first, two thousand twenty-one, we can all meet in person and just fight it out. We'll fight to the death, and no pulp will win because you're going to be outnumbered, and uh, and and that'll be it. I like being the underdog, you know? It's a good feeling sometimes, drinking my chunky orange juice. <laughs> All right, let's talk hoops. Amber, um, I know that you are really, really well-versed in college basketball. Do you prefer college over, over the NBA, or, or does it matter? I do, and this is probably – I just do. Um, there, are, there are less games. The kids are fighting for scholarships. Um, they're fighting for their lives, pretty much. I honestly didn't start watching regular season NBA basketball until probably about five years ago. I would just wait to the playoffs because it just seemed like we kind of knew who was going to the finals every year. I didn't like the competitiveness of it because, you know, they're playing 82 games plus preseason games. So it's hard for a guy to come out and compete like every single night. There are a few guys that do it, uh, i.e. Russell Westbrook. But it – it's just, it was difficult for me to watch. It was difficult for me to watch. So I started studying it and understanding it, understanding what the players were going through and things like that. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to start watching regular season games. I would only watch games that came on TNT, ESPN, uh, ABC. But it was difficult for me. Whereas college basketball, I'm tuning in every single big Monday, on Tuesdays, uh, women's basketball, Anything college basketball related, I was tuning into studying these players and things like that because I was a college basketball player, so it was easy for me. And also, I had friends that played college basketball as well, so that was really easy for me to watch. Um, college football is kind of the same way for me; it's easier for me to watch. Um, but I do love the NFL. But college sports just—it's something about college sports. Maybe because I was a college athlete, I don't know, but I just love the passion that those kids play with every night. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that a lot, actually. I, I have to say I'm definitely more of an NBA fan than college basketball, mainly because South Carolina is the most bipolar college basketball team I've ever watched, and they, they really frustrate the hell out of me. Um, but I do get where you're coming from, and that's one of the reasons for the longest time. I was the same way uh, with college football and the NFL. I didn't start watching the NFL till maybe 
2012, 2013. You got to think I'm only 20. So I was like 12 or 13 at the time, still really young. Um, but it, it had always been college football for me growing up. I, I was like, you know, these NFL guys, they have nothing to play for. These college football kids are, you know, fighting to get to the NFL. So I understand the mindset. My only gripe with college basketball is especially coming from a mainly NBA background. Once you try to get into college basketball, the game's completely different. You know, the game's played a different way. It's a lot slower. The play is a lot sloppier for the most part, unless you're talking about blue bloods. And even then, it's it's Time a different out. game. Time out. Are we sure the NBA is faster than college? The ball movement in college mm. basketball is so much better to me. Yeah, I agree. NBA is – NBA is sets. ISO. I, it's yeah, ISO it's, all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, it's, I think uh, – I, I offense is beautiful. Washington Press office is beautiful. I, I understand. Beautiful. I understand. But those offenses are designed for for those kind of guys in college that, you know, aren't NBA players that can't get their own shots at a moment's notice. Those offenses are meant to incorporate everyone. It's it's perfect for college basketball. You got to think, uh, even in North Carolina, the four corners offense, the Dean Smith offense, absolutely gorgeous but, but it wouldn't work in the nba exciting, though like i don't want to see lebron dribble for 19 seconds and then have to fade away i, I don't want to see that i want to see 17 i think passes. it's all just style of game you know i think it's all yeah. just your preference and style see i prefer a, a faster paced nba you know experience faster. but it's also on the same point I, I first of all you're wrong it's uh, not josh you're, you're wrong. it's two to one here the majority um, rules okay and and amber i know uh, you're from you're from Oklahoma. You went to Oklahoma, and for getting into the NBA, it probably couldn't have been much easier, especially if you're looking for competitiveness. Than you know, watching the Thunder with Russell Westbrook. I know he's gone now, yeah. but I, I'm sure that probably helped a lot as far as getting in the NBA for you. I would think. Yeah, it helps because you know OU's a football school, so it's kind of mm -hmm. like football, football, football. Getting into Norman on Saturday, and I lived in Norman was, oh my goodness, it was crazy. But going to get into Oklahoma City Thunder game isn't that bad. Of course, you have 80,000 fans, well, 85,000 we expand at the stadium, to about, what, 12 to 13,000 fans. So when Oklahoma City Thunder came here, we had the New Orleans Hornets when, when New Orleans had the hurricane and things like that. And we had Chris Paul. We welcomed them with open arms. Then people say we stole a team from Seattle, but that's a long discussion um, <laughs> that I don't want to get into. Did you did you steal did you steal an NBA team from Seattle? Let's talk about it. I don't think we stole it. I think it's something happened with their building. I think their building contract or something like that was up. Um, Oklahoma City was in a bidding war with somebody. I have to read the story that we were in a bidding war and we ended up getting the team. Because we did so well with the New Orleans Hornets when they were here, they were like, okay, this is a football state. Let's try to bring basketball here. And it's amazing. Like, that atmosphere is amazing to watch. It really is. I've seen it in playoff games, especially when the Thunder were, you know, bidding for Western Conference Finals and NBA Finals. Chesapeake Energy Arena for a big playoff game. The whiteouts. Oh, man. It, it was a beautiful sight. Those fans are something else when there's basketball to be watched. I agree. I went to the Utah game. Um, the Utah game, I bought tickets. Whew. Spent money on some tickets. I said, Mom, we're going to the Utah game. We sit in section 105. We were probably like five rows from the floor. This is the game that the Thunder came back from like 26 points. So it's halftime, right? It's a quick story. It's halftime. Me and Mom are going to the concessions, and 
Mom was like, Amber, I'm ready to go. I said, Mother, <laughs> no, I pay for these tickets. I pay for this parking pass. We're going to stay at this game. Um, so from the third quarter to fourth quarter, everybody was on their feet. We had our blue shirts on, and we're rock, rocking, and we're jumping. And we came back from 25 down. We ended up losing series to Utah, of course. But Russell and Paul George were great that whole that whole game, that whole third and fourth quarter. It was beautiful to watch. There's nothing like it. Man, that atmosphere was great. My legs were hurting at work the next day. So Probably worth it, though. I want to go yeah, back absolutely. real quick. I want to go back real quick to Oklahoma days. Like, I didn't know that you, you – were you on Oklahoma's team? No, I wasn't. I was done oh, okay. playing college basketball by the time I got to OU. Um, I played my four years. College athletes, we don't take 16 hours every semester, which I didn't. So I had a little bit college left to finish, and I finished it at OU because it was cheaper. Oh, okay. Okay, I got yeah. it. Because I was like, wait a yeah. second. I'm talking to a Sooner? Hold on. <laughs> I got questions. No, um, so if you – like Oklahoma, that's like live and die, right? Like you wouldn't go to OK State? No chance? No. <laughs> no, mm. not a chance. No, Speaking of it. Oklahoma State, you got some, got some issues over there right now, Amber. How are people oh, in Oklahoma feeling about what's going on over there with Mike Gundy and company? Uh, I've never been a fan of Mike Gundy. They should have let him go a long time ago. I don't think he's the right fit for – because you're bid when – you, when you go – when you play in the Big 12, you're recruiting – you're bidding recruiting against OU in Texas. That's just how it is. Uh, Texas usually gets better recruits than we do. Sometimes, like right now, they're ranked in the top probably eight or nine in this class so far. But they never – their record never shows for it. Now Baylor's in the mix. Baylor's getting more recruits in after that scandal. We're not going to talk about that. But after their scandal, they're starting to get recruits in, even though they lost their coach. TCU gets recruits in. Les Miles is now in Kansas, so he's getting recruits in. So it just seems like Oklahoma State gets the scraps. And I hate to say that, but it just feels like we get the best players in the state. Either they're going to come play here or Texas or are going to play for somebody else. I just Oklahoma State just never – it never appealed to me. I had uh, friends that played basketball at Oklahoma State. Had friends that played football at Oklahoma State. It just never appealed to me. I never thought about going to Oklahoma State. Been on the campus plenty of times. Played pickup in the in their pickup gym plenty of times, but never appealed to me to go to Oklahoma State. Never. There's something about there's something about college uh, schools that their main color is orange that really just makes you hate them, right? Clemson, <sighs> Oklahoma <laughs> State. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to put that out there. <laughs> I yeah, had to put Oklahoma, that out there. Oklahoma State dealing with some controversy. I'm not shocked nor surprised. Um, they tried to cover it up today, but that didn't work. They did the Mike Gundy interview. That didn't work. Um, how do you make a player apologize for your mistake? But I don't understand that. That's neither here nor there. None of it works. I just don't understand. I don't understand why Mike Gundy is still there. I thought they should have let him go at least three years ago because you're not doing you're, – you're, yes, you're bringing a recruit in, but you have to have something to show for it. You know, mm -hmm. you have to have something to show for it. TCU joined the conference probably eight or nine years ago, and they're only like six wins behind Oklahoma State. Mind you, Gary Patterson is a great coach. But what do you have to show for your antics? What do you have to show for things you've done in the past? You have nothing to show for it. It's kind of like, you know how a player is good enough to cover up the bad stuff? Like Antonio Brown, he was good enough, so still is covered up the bad stuff. Mike Gundy's not good enough to cover up the bad stuff. Come on, man. Like, it's just, like, I just shook it, my head. I, I'll, I'll give a comparison, you know, kind of based off what you just said. If, if Dabo Sweeney down here, especially in South Carolina, were to do something like that, 
you know, it, it'd be – first of all, it'd be big-time news because it's Dabo Sweeney. Second, Clemson would be put between a massive rock and a hard place because you got your – I'm not sure if he's the all-time winningest coach there. wouldn't surprise me, but he will be by the time he retires. There's no doubt that stadium in Clemson will probably be renamed after him. You know, what what does a team like that do in that situation? I just – like you said, Mike Gundy hasn't done much there. You know, he's had a couple of top 25 appearances – a uh, couple of surprise wins against some big teams. But other than that, you know, it's it just hasn't been much. And, and I have to ask, especially as an OU alum, how serious is the Red River rivalry over there? Pretty darn serious. Um, pretty it's, – it's pretty serious. We get Friday off. So, <laughs> the game wow. is – Wow. Wow. <laughs> the game is on Saturday. We get Friday off. And most professors will give you Monday off because – just to be honest, you're probably still hungover from Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> so you get Friday off. So there's no class on Friday. That's how serious it is. So the game's on Saturday. There's no class on Friday. And if you have a professor that just is kind of like, you know what? You know, you're probably not going to have class on Monday. You probably get an email like, hey, there's no class today. So it's pretty serious. When you get a day off from school, it's pretty serious. It is dead serious. I mean, serious. That's serious. so wild. That's That's wild to me. But – I want to ask you this question because Owen, I, Owen and I have talked about it and I've talked about it with a few other people, but it's kind of, I guess, because we're so far out of the actual decision and things actually being put in motion that it's kind of fell off uh, the wayside. Because you're a, a huge college sports fan, I have to ask you your opinion on them getting paid for their image and likeness. I know that's a kind of a loaded question, but we got time. I like it. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit on it, but I like it because just think about social media these days. You have to think about it. Everything you do is tied into social media. You can get paid from Twitter. You can get paid from YouTube. You can get paid from Instagram. You can get paid from Snapchat. These kids are what we're going to see. I'm not going to go see Lincoln Riley run up and down the sideline. He's in great shape, by the way. I'm not going to see him run up and down the sideline, okay? I'm going to go see CeeDee Lamb catch three touchdown passes. I'm going to go see Kennedy Brooks run for 175 yards. That's my entertainment. I feel like this. They're putting out a great product, right? A scholarship at OU, I kinda, I'll just kind of break it down into numbers a little bit. A scholarship at OU is probably about, for four years, OU is very cheap. I'm just going to throw that out there. Probably four years, you might pay 70, almost 70000 for four years. Now, I know at Duke, one year is probably $70,000. But they're a private institution, so that's neither here nor there. So it's probably about $70,000 for four years, right? These athletes have a check, a verified check mark by their names on Twitter, Instagram. So mm-hmm. people know who these athletes are. More so basketball players and football players because football players have their helmets on. Why not give them something that you're already taking from them. These coaches, I think Dabo's making $9 million a year, somewhere around yep. that. Um, he's making around $9 million a year. The University of Oklahoma's football program brings in probably, I think, the third or fourth most in money every single year. Texas Long- the Texas program has the Texas Longhorns Network. They have their own network. You yep. have TV deals with ABC. You have TV deals with Fox. Of course, ESPN and ABC are affiliates with each other. These kids are on TV playing every single Saturday or Friday or Thursday, whatever they're playing. 
and who are you going to watch? You're not watching Dabo run down the field. I'm not watching Brent Venables get pulled back by the sideline coach because he's running out there with the, when the defense does something good. I'm watching these kids perform at a high level and the body, things that their bodies go through. Um, I've talked to athletes before. I didn't have such a rigorous athletic schedule as a Division One athlete did, but I had a rigorous schedule. But when you come to football, you have practice squad players. They're putting their bodies on the line for free, basically. So they're mm -hmm. going in and they're getting hit in practice for free. See me to tell me that I can break my leg for free? So... <laughs> That's I mean, a good that's, way to put it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's crazy. I I like it. Now here's the here's the flip side to it. You can't pay athletes if they don't have any financial education, right? So how do you budget your finances when you get paid? Mm -hmm. See, I think about it like that. There are NBA and NFL and MLB and NHL players that don't know how to budget finances, and they're in their twenties. So if you're gonna give this kid a certain amount of money, you need to teach him the finances behind it. Because without any financial education, paying an athlete is just like, okay, if you're going to buy a new pair of Jordans every other week and not save and I don't learn how to invest and things like that, then what's the point? So if you give these kids money, I'm kind of weary of giving an 18-year-old, what, what's like four or $5,000 a month if they don't have any financial education behind it. So if you're going to give them money, put some financial education behind it, teach them, okay, this is how you budget. This is how you balance a checkbook. This is how you pay rent. Are you on a car? This is what you do for a car note. Um, insurance, cell phone bill. If they want to be independent and learn how to be independent men and women, put some financial education behind it. But I am weary about paying a younger player that much money. Um, but if you do pay them, put some financial education behind it. But I love it. Do you think I that's really like do. out of left field though? Do you think like, like try and put yourself in, in a D1 athlete's shoes you know, you walk in to Oklahoma and they're like, hey, listen, um, you're going to play a huge role on this team. And you're looking at about, I don't know, five grand a month uh, in endorsements. First off, that's more than most adults make a month. Yeah, that's more than that out there. That's more than the U.S. median average. Um, By far. Yeah, it's not even close. But it, would you be opposed? Like, what would be your reaction if, if a coach or the athletic director was like, okay, this money is yours. But there's a stipulation. You have to take, I don't really want to call it like a financial course, but you have to take some sort of like money coaching. You have to have a structure around, around this. And we have people here that can do that for you. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking like some people are going to go into that office and be like, well, if it's my money, I, you shouldn't, like, it's my money. You can't tell me what to do with it. But it's almost like, we're not we just want to guide you so you're well, not 27 you know, also and bankrupt already also if you think about it from that way if these schools are paying these kids you know rightly so for the money they bring in you know for example south carolina they just built a brand new a training facility that they spent i think upwards of 300 million on and south carolina is not the biggest sec program not even close the fan base is large they're very supportive they always have been for a very mediocre product for the most part i must say um but if these schools and their athletic departments can spend this kind of money on facilities you know, you'd think they'd have the means to pay these players but on the same note if you start paying players there's going to be a massive spike in players getting in trouble getting caught getting in trouble you know at, at strip clubs bars getting in fights 
all that kind of stuff because like I said, you know, the money that they rightly deserve for the product they put out on the field is going to be more than almost every adult for the most part in the United States makes. Um, and again, they do deserve it, but you know, these kids, a lot of them are getting in trouble with no money on the line. I think if but you, do you were think to that's get why though, well, no, I don't think that's why. Um, but I think if you're going to give money to these kids, then you become their employer almost. So, you know, it, if a player does something bad, they, they miss practice, they get in trouble off the field. Then that's when you could say, okay, you know, if you're not going to use this correctly you know, for what it's intended for, things like that, and this is a very broad uh, statement, by the way, then, then they should have the right to take that from these players. So then it becomes more of, okay, if, if we fuck up, excuse my language, if we, if we mess up, then, you know, the, our, our funds are getting taken away. So I, I think that's one way the NCAA could approach it. There, there's a lot of problems, especially I think at first if the NCAA passes this rule or law about paying players off of image and likeness, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems off the bat. Like I said, players are going to get in trouble with all this money. Um, but on, on the, at the same time, all I can really say is that they deserve it. I think there's just a lot of other things you have to figure out after you give them the money. I think there will be, it'll be a dry run. It's going to be, it's going to have to be a dry run. I think Florida has passed it, correct? Florida says 2021, I believe. California has passed it, I believe. That's it. California has passed it as well. Uh, Florida has no state income tax. Let me just throw that out there. Uh, the income tax in California is through the roof. But I remember watching Rich Paul, uh, Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley, you know, of course, you know, he took that internship in New Balance that are going to mm -hmm. play in college basketball. Rich Paul is his agent. Rich Paul told him, if you go to college, there are courses you need to take to make sure that your business runs smoothly. We all know the NBA is a business. We all know that. These kids are coming from backgrounds, a lot of them coming from backgrounds that they don't understand financial education at all. But they go from not making any money to like Deshaun Watson said, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and checked my bank account and boom, there was that money. Like, I was like, what? He was like, what? So you're bringing these kids from backgrounds where they don't understand credit. They don't understand real estate. They don't, it's a lot of things they don't understand financially. So why not teach, those, teach them those tools early? Learn that early. So by the time they get drafted, they understand what a dollar is. They don't understand. I don't have to buy four or five cars. Now that takes maturity as well. But I don't have to buy four or five cars. I can have one car um, and things like that. There's a lot to go into. But I think financial education is very important. Business education, financial education, accounting, all those things are very, very important when you're young and you know you're going right to the NBA. Because if you don't have a mentor, uh, like R.J. Barrett has Steve Nash, you know, um, Cole Anthony has his dad, Greg Anthony. So if you don't understand, if you don't have a parent that understands what it's like to be in the NBA or the NFL, and when you transition and you come into all this money, all of a sudden, now what? You're an instant millionaire and you don't know what to do with it because you were not educated on how to spend that money or how that money should work for you. You shouldn't work for that money. Here's a here's another question I have to ask about this side of the argument that me and Josh have talked about before, but I, I'd like your input. Uh, obviously, if they pay these players, there's going to have to be some sort of structure to how they do it. Do you think these players 
should be getting paid the same, a same monthly stipend because at the end of the day, you know, using Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb are bringing in far more money as far as entertainment purposes go than, you know, your average schmuck on the bench or, you know, practice guy, things like that. Um, you know, NCAA, if they bring that game back, are going to want those kind of guys' names, which, you know, brings more money involved, et cetera, et cetera. How do you think that should be handled as far as how players get paid and, uh, you know, the amounts? Well, if you're basing it on likeness, then you base it on likeness. If you if you want to just say, okay, likeness, how many followers do you have? How much interaction do you have? If you're going to base it on likeness, base it on likeness. I hate to say it, but it is a popularity contest. So you got the top running back, you got the top receiver, what defense is in, what, what, whoever it is, if you're saying likeness, then it's their likeness. I mean, you can't gripe at a player because – he's making more money than you. But also I'll say this, you can be the walk-on like Baker Mayfield and not make no money at all. And then just become a Heisman Trophy winner and just start making money, you know? So you can work your way up. It's like the NFL and the NBA. You got practice squad players that don't make as much as a star player. You know, you have five-star recruits that don't pan out. A lot of times that happens. Um, so likeness, if you're gonna say likeness, then stick to likeness. So we're saying likeness, right? Okay, it's your likeness. So paying for your likeness. What do you think though about, cause I think this is a really, really interesting conversation that I, I would love to have I, day in and day out. I'd love to talk to somebody about the NCAA or even, even a recruiter about this is like, okay, let's say, let's say Owen is a running back coming out of high school, but he's not highly recruited. Uh, he might have one or two D one schools. He's got a lot of D two schools. And of course, you know, there's D3 schools, they'll, they'll take anybody. But what would, like, how do you think that affects recruiting money-wise though? Because if I'm a D1 guy and I'm going to own and I'm like, hey, listen, you might not, if you work hard, you're going to be, you know, you could be high on the depth chart and your image could go up, your likeness could go up. So you might, you know, there's a good opportunity for you if you work hard. But then the D2 guy comes in and he's like, yeah, listen, if you come here, you're going to be the starter. Uh, there's no question. Your talent level's that high. And, um, you know, you, you're going to make some money here. Like, how do you think that affects recruiting across the board? Depends on how you want to gauge it. Like I said, there are five stars that don't pan out. There are guys that go unrecruited that pan out. It's really, I'm, it's going to sound harsh. It's up to you. It's really up to you. I know at OU, once you hurt yourself at running back, pretty much, you might as well just transfer. Trey Sermon had to transfer. He's going to Ohio State now. Um, he will be their star running back. He got hurt. Trey Sermon was the guy. Kenny Brooks came in. So you have to think about injury. You have to think about that. You have to think about, okay, I can play D2 maybe for two years, transfer D1, maybe. D2 is not going to get paid as much as a D1 player. Sure. Um, you can treat it, treat it like a junior college. A lot of people go to junior college two years and they transfer. Um, but it depends on you. I, I will say that a lot of people are like, oh, the work ethic. I'm like, yeah, if you work hard, you can become a star. You really can. You work hard, you understand the offense, you can become a star. I've seen it done so many times. Um, speaking from my experience, I wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, but I worked, I worked hard. Um, I worked hard and I worked myself into being a starter in college, winning a, 
a national championship my freshman year in Bible college. So I worked hard. You can do it. You can build it from the ground up. It's all about patience. But if you see this guy making money, you're not making money. I know how that ego at 18 can kind of mess with you and mess with mm-hmm. your head. Like, ah, I know I'm better than him. He's making how much money he's making. I could play D2 instead of waiting three years and then get my chance my senior year. Josh Jacobs is a great example. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Josh Jacobs is a running back. Of course, he played at Bama. He didn't get recruited by OU. Waiting his turn at Bama, and look, he almost won rookie of the year offensively for the – Should have won rookie of the year. <laughs> I agree. For Las Vegas Raiders. So, when you look at it like that, guys that can wait their turns – it's great. But if you want to be paid now, you go D2 two years, somebody kind of sees you, and then, okay, and then you go D1. How do you want to, how do you want to gauge it? I think it depends on the player how he wants to gauge it, honestly, because it's hard. It's hard, especially when you're fifth or sixth on the depth chart and you're playing only special teams and you might not be playing at all. It's tough. It is. It's tough. Very tough. Yeah, for sure. It's it, however you slice it, this money issue with the NCAA, first of all, the NCAA sucks. Uh, they're a bunch of crooks, always have been. So I'm sure the thought of giving money to 18-year-old kids makes these guys shiver in their shoes. So I hope it happens just for that reason. And moving on just a little bit, I have to ask you this uh, out of curiosity and just for even everybody that's listening right now just to kind of understand uh, what it's like. But as a woman, as a black woman, you know, going through the trials and tribulations to try and, you know, move up in the sports world. Obviously you're great at what you do. I've watched your streams on Sportscaster. They're fantastic. And anybody that's watched all or listened to all of this interview, excuse me, can understand just off of hearing talking, you know what you're talking about as a woman in this sports world, what has it been like uh, trying to move your way through? Has there, in, has there been any scrutinization from other people just based off the fact that you are a girl uh, trying to do, you know, a predominantly, male job Hmm. I've had different types of experiences Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been kind of the girl in the guy's room so that never bothered me I hang out with a lot of guys that never bothered me I know what I'm talking about that bothers people at times I could be at a bar and I don't drink but I can be I can go to the bar and I'll sit there and I'll see a play on the tv and I'll say something like oh his hands were too low on that block or his leverage was off on that block. That's why he got sacked. And a man will look at me to the side and say, what? So you kind of, <laughs> I get that a lot. Like I'll go into detail of the game. I know my mom says, I can't watch. I can't watch football with you because you go through the intricacies of the game. Why did he yeah. run that route? Why did he cut that route off short? Why did the quarterback throw the ball this way? Why didn't the offensive lineman pick up that blocker? Why did the run, running back miss that assignment? And things like that. Like, I can go into, like, great detail about things and get frustrated when I see things. But when I'm in a room full of men, I feel more comfortable than I am in a room full of women. Me navigating through the sports industry right now, you guys know I'm recovering from my Achilles injury. But when mm-hmm. I've emailed and reached out to people, they've reached out to me back. And I don't know how or why, but I've been getting on Zoom calls, been doing a lot of Zoom calls. Got on one with Maria Taylor, got on one with Kevin Harlan, got on one with Kenny Albert. So I've been kind of working my way through the sports industry, trying to figure out what's next for me after I get healed up. But I haven't had any bad experiences, I will say yet, because you never know. And I heard it's it's rough. It's very rough. But I haven't had any bad experiences. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) tell me about it. 
I haven't had any bad experiences yet. I have a mentor right now. She helps me. She guides me. I try to keep in contact with her and let her know like what I'm going through and things like that. Working on my craft so I can move on to the next step or the next level in my career, whatever that may be. But I haven't had any bad things happen to me yet. Um, it's been pretty, it's long, but it's been smooth, rocky, I guess you can say, but not in a bad way, just because I'm just trying to get my feet wet, get my foot in the door. What was it like sitting in with Maria, Maria Hill and uh, Kevin Harlan, Maria Taylor, excuse me, Kevin Harlan, all those guys. Was it, was it awesome? Was it a surreal kind of experience for you? Uh, <laughs> I took a lot of notes. I have a notepad. I took a lot of notes. Um, those those people are great. You know, uh, what Maria Taylor does, she does college football. Now she transitioned to the NBA. She does a lot. Um, she does yeah, she a does. lot. She's awesome, too. She does a lot. I'm like, what well, do you get me sleep? Uh, she does a whole lot. She gave great advice. Um, Kevin Harlan great, gave me great advice. So did Kenny Albert. I mean, the way those guys just have worked themselves up because Kevin Harlan and Kenny Albert started way before I was even born. I was born in 87. So they were starting in the 70s, you know, when they had a, they're talking about a tape recorder and a microphone and a pad. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I know what a tape recorder is. I said, well, you know, now you just take out your iPhone and just hold the speaker up to the player and they're, they're just talking. So they were talking about how sports has evolved and where it's come from. And then Maria Taylor was just talking about being a black woman in the industry and transitioning. But she was a college athlete. You can tell she's very, very tall. So she just talked about transitioning from one sport to the next, which I want to do football and basketball. And she talked a little about, bit about that. But Kevin Harlan, oh, man, he's a joy. Kenny Albert was a joy. Maria Taylor was a joy. I've had so much fun on these Zoom calls. They're like three or four hours long, but I don't mind sitting down and listening to that, I got a lot of great information. I did. I really did. I've been learning on quarantine is learning for me, learning and networking. That's what I've been doing. I think one thing that I want, because if people are, are watching or listening to this, I want people to understand that I, so I went to school for exactly what we're all, we're all doing. Um, and I've, I've worked at, in the professional level. And I want to say this, don't get it in your head that just because you're something, you won't get wherever you're trying to go. Like, no matter if you're black, white, red, green, purple, if you're a man, woman, dog, cat, I don't care what you are, you have to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be people, look, I, I've had experiences that I thought I did a really good job. And I go in and, and for an evaluation and they're like, they beat you down. What the hell was that? You thought that was good? You got a long way to go, kid. There ain't no chance you're going you're gonna to survive in this business. So they do that. For some odd reason, I don't know what it is. It's like, a, it's like joining a frat. Like they, they really want to make you earn your stripes. But once yeah. you earn them, once you gain the respect of a few people and you can really publicize, you know what you're talking about, which Amber, you obviously do. But for everyone else out there, keep doing what you think is right. Like, don't, don't go after the clout. Go after things that you are passionate about and don't be afraid to learn. Like Amber just said, a lot of networking, a lot of learning. Don't ever stop doing that. Whether you're, yeah. whether you're 25 years in the industry or it's your first day, never stop because this is a tough industry. 
I, I can tell you firsthand, it's a, it's a really tough industry, but if you can surround yourself with the right people, there are bad people in every industry. If you can surround yourself with, with the right people and you can have a mentor like Amber does, you're going to be fine. Yeah. I've had a, uh, I've had pretty bad experience. I don't want to say bad experiences, but uh, more personal stuff, you know, trying to do what we're all doing right now, trying to make it in sports, you know, for my parents, you know, it's a big industry. You're never going to make it son, things like that. Even, even from friends, like, Oh, you're doing a podcast. You're talking about Charlotte sports. Who cares about Charlotte sports? You know, now we're doing dose of OJ, you know, it's be, be happy about the little, the little things too. You know, the little things matter, the little victories. You know, I was, I was in Walmart the other day. This is a really random sidebar. I was at Walmart and I ran into a dude that I, I haven't seen in probably three years maybe if not longer and he walked up to me and started chit-chatting he was like oh you're the dude that does that charlotte sports stuff right and i was kind of taken aback like i didn't really know what to say and i was like yeah just you know answer this question and little things like that you know people understanding what you're doing where you're coming from um yeah that that was very uh made me feel famous for a second there (laughs) random dude haven't seen a couple years in walmart give him an autograph um uh, no, I didn't. I didn't give him the autograph. I uh, should have because it's going to be worth something one day. I promise you that because me and Josh, you know, we're doing something special here. Dose of OJ. <laughs> you know, that's right. So, uh, yeah, it's, you got to keep going all the time, man. Um, <clears throat> really quick. I wanted to, I want to ask you about this because I, I, I would, I'd be disappointed in myself if I didn't. Obviously a huge basketball fan. Owen is and, and Amber, you are like, are you, I've been pumping Adam Silver's tires for the past two months because I think he's the greatest commissioner in sports right now. Are you like, what is your opinion on how he's been handling this pandemic? And are you cool with the, with the plans that they have moving forward? Like, how do you think this, this plays out? Oh Lord. How do I say this? I do, I prefer the NBA not to come back. I'm going to tell you why I prefer it not to come back after we found out what this pandemic is doing and how it's progressing. My mom's a nurse, by the way, sidebar. So she sees it every day. I hear about it every day. So things just, people don't listen. People do not listen. Stay in your house, wear a mask, sanitize. People, no, we're gonna go to the beach for spring break. (laughs) What? We're gonna have a barbecue. We're gonna go to the club. We're gonna go to the bar. We're gonna sit in a restaurant. We're gonna cough. We're not gonna do social distancing. So it's kind of like people are, not listening and that's what makes me frustrated now, let me tie this into the nba i love adam silver i think he's great roger goodell hmm, baseball commissioner hmm, you probably could you know you know talk rob about manfred baseball. sucks we don't have to talk about him yeah you probably can talk about baseball more than i can but i think what he's doing is great i don't like it coming back because i don't think it's safe i i just don't even, even with the bubble Numbers are spiking. You see 30 players at LSU tested positive. Then Clemson had their players test positive. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. And it's kind of like, okay, like, okay, people are dying from this disease. Not only just testing positive, but they're also dying. I don't like it. I'm excited for it to come back because I want to see sports. But if you have sports versus health, I talk about this on Twitter as well with Rashad. It's a money grab. A lot of this is money. We're losing a lot of money. Players are whining. I'm not getting paid. Well, spend your money wisely, but that's another conversation. <laughs> um, CJ McCollum was talking about how players have called him and asked him for a loan, um, and they make more money than he does. 
So it's a money grab, in my opinion. I don't like it. I don't like them going to Orlando. I don't like them playing in their bubble with no fans. I think they're going to use 2K or some kind of fan stimulation or whatever they're going to do. I don't like that at all. If I want to watch a, a, a game, you might as well just play pickup basketball. That's basically what it's going to be. It's going to be pickup basketball with the uniforms. In re- well, now they play pickup with the Drew League has refs. And refs, that's what it's going to be. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And, that, and now I'll probably be in the minority on that one, but I don't like it. How do you feel about what Kyrie has, the movement that he's basically started with everything that he said? Because it doesn't necessarily stem from a this isn't safe point of view. It's more of a political what's going on in, in the country type type point of view. Now, how, how do you feel about uh, him and the barrage of players that are starting to join in on, on what he's trying to say to the NBA and Adam Silver? The players have a lot of power. They have more power than I think they have. And I remember LeBron saying this. I watched his um, uninterrupted. He was like, the players have more power than they think they have. Uh, the owners, I don't like calling them owners. Goodness. Governors. There we go. That's a better governors. word. Uh, <laughs> the governors, they think they have a lot of power. But if, remember that year that Donald Sterling got caught? Mm-hmm. with his racist behavior and Chris Paul said if he's not gone Blake Griffin he's not gone we're not playing just imagine if the players all got together and said okay nah we're not we're not going to do this we're going to do our own thing and you don't think that their sponsorships won't back that you don't think Nike wouldn't back that or Adidas or Under Armour you don't think they wouldn't back that come on now if LeBron James decides he has a lot of power in the NBA. If LeBron James decides, okay, Kyrie, I'm with you on this. What? <laughs> Patrick Beverly already said, if LeBron's playing, we're playing. So LeBron has a lot of power in this movement. I have to say, I think LeBron, I haven't heard him really say anything about what's going on, but I feel like the moment he does, and I think it's coming soon um, with the you know impending July 30th start date, as I got moved back one day from July 31st. With it rapidly coming up, LeBron, I think, is going to have to say something about it soon. And it's, I think it's going to be big news because whichever side he takes, it's going to have a lot of power. If he doesn't decide to play, a lot of fans aren't going to watch. A lot of players aren't going to play because they're going to be like, you know, if LeBron's not playing, why the hell would we? Yeah, exactly. And LeBron already said, remember he said when the pandemic started, he said, if the fan, if they're, I don't want to play if there's no fans. I get my tongue tied, excuse me. I don't want to play if there's no fans. So the players have more power than they think they do. So when you look at it from all angles, I think they're worried about the movement, you know, because once NBA comes back on, it's going to be sports, 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 and you'll kind of guide your mind towards sports. Just like when the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement came about, you forgot about the pandemic. Like everybody just kind of forgot about the pandemic. I think that's what players are concerned about. And I know Lou Williams said it, he's 50-50. Like, do I want to play? Do I not want to play? I think there are so many things that happen in the world right now. It's just the, combi- the combination of the virus and the police brutality and the racism that's been stemming for over 400 years and people just getting tired of it and fed up with it. You have a, it's a camera on you at all times, but you're still doing the same thing and nothing has mm-hmm. changed. People want change. Renee Montgomery decided she's a WNBA player. She decided she was going to sit this season out for uh, and do social justice reform. You guys know Maya Moore is doing that. Colin Kaepernick started this many years ago. So, you know, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali did it. So you just look at people like that and you're like, wow, like you're willing to give up 
what you love to do to fight for a cause that's very important to you. And I think that is beautiful. I really do. When I think about August, I'm transitioning into the football. I told somebody this at mm-hmm. work. August football for me. I don't want to, I'm not going to say I don't want to watch the NBA in August, but I'm kind of like, okay, it's football season. Okay. I'm going to watch college football and I'm going to watch the NFL. But now I have to watch so many things. It's like the NBA playoffs and then college football and then the NFL. So I don't like it coming back. I really don't. I don't like it for numerous reasons. And this, the past events that, that have happened with, you know, George Floyd and other people, uh, Breonna Taylor, it makes me not want it back even more. I can really care less about it right now. I'm, I'm, hold on, Josh. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second because I completely understand what you're saying. And I don't want anybody to misconstrue this. I've said this on – on other podcasts and live streams that me and Josh have done the, the movement that Kyrie and the players that are with them are fighting for, they're hundred percent right. And, and how they feel and what they want to do. But like I said, I'm going to play devil's advocate and ask because when the whole, I, I, I think it was Trayvon Martin when the first, I can't breathe shirts uh, came about Kobe was wearing a LeBron. That was national news. That's, that was the shut up and dribble uh, thing that happened on Fox news, which was idiotic and, a whole mess within itself, but that brought a lot of attention, more attention more so than was already happening with that whole situation. Do you think the players would have more power, especially with all the attention and spotlight that's going to be on the NBA when it comes back? Do you think they'd have more power as far as their voices go to try and make change as compared to sitting out? There's two sides to look at this. You can look at the media side of it, or you can look at the personal side of it. The media wants you to focus on what's going on in that sport. What did you just get done doing? They're going to push that narrative. What did you just get done doing? You just got done. You got 30 rebounds and 12 assists. Okay, that's what you did. They, they're going to ask a question. But like William said, I'm going to talk about it. So the media is going to ask questions pertaining to what you just did. They're going to live in that moment. A lot mm-hmm. of times media likes to live in that present moment. They're going to live in that present moment. You just got done playing 30 minutes ago. Um, you might wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt or you might wear a George Floyd t-shirt or something like that, but we want to talk about what you just did. We don't want to talk about how you feel, not necessarily. So you can look at it from either side, personal or media. Do I get personal with the media or do I let the media just spin it and say, oh, this is what you just did. So it just depends on how you kind of want to look at it from a player's point of view. They know how the, they, they're media trained. They know how, how, how to spin things, what to say, what not to say. So it's going to be very interesting. Yes, you do have a voice, but will the media allow me to share my voice or will they just live in the moment? That's a good point. I can't argue with that. <laughs> like, yeah. my, my, my thing was, uh, was basically what Owen said. I, I'm in the camp of, whether they want to come back or not based on health is another story, but I just thought that, look, I mean, me specifically, I'm going to pay more attention to Kyrie Irving if he's on the court during pregame wearing a shirt or saying something maybe. Maybe he – I mean, you can't tell me that if Kyrie finds a reporter that gets along with him and they have a good relationship, he's like, look, if you interview me in pregame – I'm not talking about basketball. I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm talking about the, the important things, and I'm, I'm going to use this as an avenue to talk about what I want to talk about and, and to, to make real change. But 
Yeah, from what you just said, I, I, I can't disagree that the media can spin it at whatever way they want. Um, yeah, but on the same note, if a majority of these players, because I, it's o- almost over 75% of the entire NBA is, is, is African-American, if, if all these guys band together and, and say, you know, we're not going to let them take away the spotlight from what's going on. We're still going to play basketball because, one, it's how we get paid. Uh, in the NBA, I think that that's, a, again, a whole other story. I think if they don't play, the CBA is going to have to get restructured. A, a whole lot of things are going to happen if they don't play this season. Um but, you know, if the players band together and say, you know, we're not going to let them take away the spotlight from what's going on, I, I just don't think they could. Because as, an, as a governor, as an owner, whatever you want to call it, uh, as, even as a media member, how are you going to deny them uh, their right to speak on what matters? That's where it's going to come into play. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be a chess match. I think it's going to be a real chess match because – some players like being interviewed. Some players don't. You'll be surprised when players don't like to be interviewed, but that's part of their job. I mean, you know, they have to go through media training, be interviewed, and things like that. They're going to get tired of talk. Well, I don't think they'll get tired of talking about the issue, but if they get the same question over, over, over and over again, they're going to get tired of talking about it. So if you're a media person, diversify your questions. Uh, yes, live in the moment, but also ask them things that are personal, personal to them. How's your family doing? Um, and things like that. Make it, I don't want to say make it seem like you care, but put forth some effort to show that you do care about how they feel. Yeah, how about actually care? I think that's what it comes down yeah, to. Just actually yeah. care about the people you're covering. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that part. And what I've learned, uh, Kevin Harlow was saying, you're going to meet some great people in this industry. You're going to meet some not so great people in this industry. So some people care, some people don't care to your point, Josh, but it's, it's going to be very tough. It's going to be a chess match and it's going to really show how these players really feel. Some of these players might get emotional. I know Stephen Jackson got emotional um, because he lost uh, a, a guy that was like a brother to him. So these players are going to get very emotional talking about it. And so how does the media handle their emotions? You know, uh, they, they're, it's just going to happen. I've, I've seen it already. So, it's going to be a chess match. It's going to be interesting to watch. 